Welcome to the Byesville Assembly of God podcast. We are a church of connection with God, with people, and our community. Join us each week for powerful messages from God's Word presented by our lead pastor, Dustin Dyke. And now, this week's message. All right, awesome. Well, we're going to move forward this morning with the Word. Uh, but before that, I want to tell you a story. Between my first and second year of Bible college, I felt God laying on my heart to do an internship instead of working a fast food job so that I could get some experience that I had wanted to get for ministry. And so the problem was that I needed to raise $4,700 over the summer in order to have enough money for school for the next year. So the Bible college I went to required that all the money be paid up front before you actually started your school year. And so there were a lot of options to weigh. I wanted an internship but I knew internships didn't typically pay $4,700 over the course of a summer, and so I had to figure out what this meant for me. And so I called my, uh, I actually got in contact with my Uncle Randy, who's a pastor in Wisconsin, and he asked if I wanted to intern at his church for the summer with his youth pastor and then also lead worship on Sunday mornings. And I told him that I was interested but wanted to pray about it first, and so I spent a little bit praying about it. And after doing that, I really felt that, yes, I'm supposed to do this internship, and so after that, I, I decided, yep, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and do it. I had a dream a little while later, and sometimes God speaks to me through dreams, and you know, it's not every single night that he'll speak to me through a dream, but when he does, I know it, and when I wake up, I know exactly what he's asking me to do, and anyone who's, who God has spoken to in a dream knows what I'm talking about, and so uh, when I woke up, I, uh, in this dream, what happened was I was holding a check for the entire tuition for next school year. That was what the dream was. I was holding a check for the entire tuition. I didn't see a number on it. All I knew is on that check, that was going to cover my entire tuition for the next year. And so from that, I knew that God was putting it on my heart to do the internship and that he would take care of all of the finances. I knew exactly what I needed to do when I woke up. And so I called up my Uncle Randy and accepted the internship. But I told him, I said, in the evenings, though, I'd like to work a fast food job. You know, I'll be at the church during the day, no problem, but in the evenings, I'd just like to work fast food to get some extra cash. However, he told me that the requirements of the internship were going to be so much so that working in the evenings was just not going to be a, a likely opportunity. And so uh, if I were to intern, I was supposed to just do the internship and take a small stipend from the church to cover basically gas money and a few other things and such, and they said that they would then take a love offering for me at the end of the summer. That's how that was going to go. So financially speaking, this internship seemed like a bad idea, okay? There was not much money going to be coming in with this internship, and I had to have $4,700 in order to go to my second year of school. And so this was a, a really big situation, and I, but I knew, I knew that God had called me to do this. I knew he asked me to do it, so I took a step of faith. And I trusted in God, and I trusted in that dream I knew God gave me, that I would be holding that check for the entire tuition for the next school year. And so I began the internship. And as the summer went on, I was just hoping and praying that one day somebody would just walk up to me with $4,700, okay? I just had that in the back of my mind. God, is it going to be today? Is someone going to come into my office today? Is someone going to call me? Am I going to find, you know, I had all these things going through my mind. Well, I was faithful to leading worship during that summer, and I learned a lot in the area of youth ministry as well. It really was a great experience. And it came to my last few weeks of my internship, and the money still had not come in. And it was 
definitely a faith journey. It was an experience. And I had, toward the end of my internship, I had some family members uh, telling me that they were a little bit uh, worried about how this money was going to come in. You know, how, what happens if the money doesn't come in, Dustin? What are you going to do? And I said, I don't know. I, I guess we'll probably look into loan options or something. But I said, I've got a feeling we're not going to have to worry about that. In fact, I know we're not going to have to worry about that because I know what God told me. And, and I'm, I'm real confident that, that God's going to take care of it. And so... My Uncle Randy had told me that they would take a love offering for me on the last day of the internship. And so I was literally putting my faith in God. Because, you know, it was on the Saturday before that last Sunday I was there. I was praying. I'm like, God, you know how much money I need? Still $4,700. Gas is expensive, Lord. And so that stipend's gone. And I also like to eat out uh, fast food. And so, Lord, I just, I don't have any money left. And so I, I trusted in God. Uh, that last Sunday, I got up there, I led worship, I preached uh, the two services they, that they had, and then they, uh, they took up a love offering. And after the service, my Uncle Randy asked me, he said, Dustin, how much money was it that you needed again? And I said, no, it was somewhere around 4700 And he said, well, how does $4,756.62 sound to you? Because that's exactly what came in the offering this morning for you. Can you believe that? Isn't God good? All of the money came in. And, you know, my Uncle Randy handed me the check. It was literally exactly as I remember it in that dream. Exactly as I remembered in that dream, I was holding that check for the entire tuition for my next school year. My family and I, and I'm telling you, we're completely amazed. I remember the call to my mom. Oh, my, it was crazy. Mom, you'll never guess what just happened. <laughs> we're, we're still astounded by God's provision even to this day. And so after I received the check, I, I believe what God's word says about being faithful to tithing. Uh, tithing 10% of our income back to God. And so, and, I, and we practice that even up until today. And so I wanted to be faithful to God in that when this money came in. And so because the check were, was for somewhere around $4,700, I wrote back a check out for somewhere around $475 back to the church. And then now I was in the spot where I was wondering, how am I going to come up with $475 more? Okay, so... I turned in the check for $4,200 at my school, okay, so I was still a good amount short, and I knew I'd have to pay more after that, and when I turned in that check, my school notified me that I was now paid in full, and that was very confusing to me. I said, what are you talking about? I no idea what you're talking about because I, I owed $4,700, and they said, well, don't you remember, Dustin? I don't know if you remember, but at the end of last school year, you paid a $500 deposit and so you obviously forgot about it, so you actually only really owed 4200 in the first place. Dustin, you're paid in full. You believe that? God is so faithful. And no matter what this world tells you, God is your ultimate provider. Your employer is not your ultimate provider. Your family is not your ultimate provider. God is your provider. And Psalm 50 verse 10 says that God owns the cattle on a thousand hills, and he can provide for you as well. Okay, the same God that provided for people back in the Bible times is the same God who provided for me in college and is the same God who can provide for you in this very moment in your life. This morning, we're concluding our series called Same God, and I have been so encouraged by what God has been showing me as I've been studying in this. And a few weeks back, I want to tell you a little recap. We talked about God's faithfulness in the stories of Jacob and Moses, Okay, we talked about then the week after with the faithfulness of God in, in the life of Mary, the mother of Jesus, and then David uh, with the story of David and Goliath. And last week we then discussed the idea that the same God that set 
the, uh, the captives free and healed the lepers in the Bible is still the same God who can set the captives free and heal the sick today. Do you believe that in this place? Amen. We believe God still moves today just as much as he did back then. Now, today we're talking about how God is our provider. Someone say, God is my provider. God is my provider. Yes, we have to get this in the forefront of our minds. If you remember from the last song we sang in worship today, the, the, uh, the song said, God, you were providing then and you are providing now. You were providing then, you are providing now. And that's not just words from the song. We believe that that is scriptural, that God was providing then and God is providing now. Lord, help us to get this to the forefront of our minds. We often in life have the pressure on ourselves to provide all of our money and, and it's not a good thing because we then work ourselves way too hard and for far too long. Now, I'm not trying to say that you should just sit on the couch and do nothing and not work, okay? Don't hear that today. I'm not advocating for some new way of thinking where people sit at home and, and, and get money for doing no work. I am still advocating for doing hard work, putting in your best effort, but you have to let the pressure be taken off of yourself because you are not your provider. God is your provider. I remember when I had a few friends of mine starting out in ministry years ago, the husband was getting all worried about not bringing in enough money because in his ministry position, him and his wife were bringing in a combined total of, I don't even want to tell you how much it was. It was so little that it was not even coming close to providing for them. And uh, that's, that's when the, the wife looked at her husband and said, sweetheart, I want you to look me straight in the eye. You are not my provider. You are not my provider. God is my provider. And it's time that you start thinking in the same way. Just take your hands off and allow God to provide for us and stop thinking that you, you have to have it all under control. See, men have this natural tendency to feel this pressure to provide for their family. And yes, having a job and getting money is a part of life. That's a, definitely a part of life. But it should, not, it should not be all that we strive for in life. It should not be all that we strive for. Matthew 26, verse 25 is where we're going to be to start out today. If you want to turn there with me, Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 and 26. And if you want to follow along with us today, you can open the YouVersion Bible app, and we've got some notes in there. Click on More and then Events, and then search our church, and you'll find all the notes in there. All the scriptures are there. There's some fillable points. Also, if you're new to our church, we've got these pew Bibles that you're welcome to grab right ahead of you. Uh, you can turn right to Matthew chapter 6 in there, and uh, that's where we're going to be to begin. If you're unfamiliar with the Bible, I will tell you that you've got to turn to page, looks like page 964 in here, all right? So 964 in your pew Bibles. This is what it says, Matthew 6, verses 25 and 26. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. It's not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Are you not of more value than they? Point number one, God provides for the birds. Wow, what a powerful scripture today. You know what first comes to my mind when I read this about how God provides for the birds of the air? It's really spiritual, so hang in with me, okay? Really spiritual. Why am I buying bird seed and putting bird seed out on my lawn when God is providing for the birds of the air? Our family is visiting from Wisconsin. Paul and Pam, they're my in-laws, and Hannah's parents are here. You know, we went to a rural king. I shouldn't have said the name of the place. We went to a store last night, and 
they jacked up the price of bird seed yet again. And I questioned again, Lord, Matthew 6 says you provide for the birds of the air. Would you just dump some bird seed into my bird feeders so I can still see these birds? Because they're really beautiful, really beautiful. But why do I spend my money on all these? But really, though, God provides for the birds. Have you ever heard in the evening news? All right, everybody, good evening. Welcome to our evening news. There's been a shortage on the bird food supply, so please put out extra bird seeds so the birds don't start to die. No, you've not heard that because God provides for the birds of the air. They're taken care of. Um, therefore, how much more does he care for you? How much more does he care for you? Uh, I think we can find some guidance in the Bible on how much more does he care for you. Out of Genesis 1.26, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and then let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. How many of you like creeping things that creep on the earth? No, <laughs> Maybe not. But Genesis says that we have dominion over the birds of the air and all these other things. So if we have dominion over the animals on this earth and Jesus says that he provides for the animals on this earth, such as the birds, then I think this surely gives us proof that Jesus takes care of us too. And some of you might say, well, pastor, you really don't know what it's like to be in my financial situation. You really just don't know what it's like. You don't know what it's like to have so many bills stacked up that it's a blur and so many medical payments and all this stuff that could stack up. And I would say a few things to that because your situation is real and I don't discount your situation. But what I would say is a few different things. Two things. One, uh, yes, I do know what it's like to have a financial burden so big you can't pay. You just heard about that, uh, that I just told you that story at the beginning. But there was also a time after college that I had a financial situation that loomed over me for months. And God provided God provided, and I, I know that uh, it's difficult when you're in the moment. I know that, and I've been to some points in my life that the only thing that I can trust in is, all right, God, if I die, at least I'm going to heaven, and I know that may sound flippant and whatever, but there's been situations that have come up, and I've said, if I die, at least I'm going to heaven, and I have that hope because our, our home is not here. Our citizenship is in heaven, Scripture says, and so even if things are difficult here, and they are, I'm not discounting it for you, but we can still trust in God. And the second thing that I would say is that, yes, you have a financial burden, and my question to you is, when is the last time that you went to God in prayer about your financial situation? Now, when I say that, I don't mean to make that a patronizing comment against you. I honestly ask that as your pastor who is charged with the responsibility of directing your attention to God and guiding you into a closer relationship with Him. But I remember my financial burden just after college being a time where I actually drew closer in my relationship with Him because I actually didn't have anywhere to turn but to God. And so in your moment of financial need, turn to God, trust in Him, and continue to press on prayer. Pray about that situation. If you came today and you're in a financial bind that you can't get past, I challenge you, go home today, pray about that situation. Start praying about it. In the book of Philippians, Paul talks about God's provision. In Philippians 4, verse 19, it says, And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Okay, so Paul is stressing the point that God will supply your needs according to his riches and glory. Now, he isn't saying that he'll give you everything you've ever wanted, okay? 
He's not saying that you're going to get that boat and that car and that all this stuff that we necessarily always want. Okay? He will supply your needs. And hey, there will sometimes be room for the boat. Okay? Sometimes that's okay. You know, money's not a bad thing. But I believe it's in the book of Hebrews that it tells us that the love of money, the love of money is where we can get into a, a struggle and a rut. And that's not, to love money is a different situation. Another part of importance as we explore God's provision is the area of tithing, uh, tithes and offerings. Okay, every Christian has a duty to tithe. And some pastors shy away from talking about tithing uh, because they fear that, oh, maybe people will think that that pastor up there is just trying to take everybody's money. Uh, you know, sometimes pastors think, well, if I, if I talk about money from the platform, everyone's going to feel uncomfortable and start squirming in their seats, and they don't need another person trying to, to get their money. Okay, so let me, before you get on that tangent, let me make myself clear. When I talk about finances and tithing in the church, I'm not coming at it from the standpoint of me needing your money. Okay, because frankly, God doesn't need your money because we just read that he's the owner of the cattle on a thousand hills. God is the provider of all, but we do have some biblical instruction that points to the importance of giving at least a 10% tithe of our finances to God as an act of obedience and trust in our relationship with him. Let's take a look at this out of Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. It says, bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. Point number two, God provides everything we have. Okay, God gives us everything that we have. Now God says to bring your full tithe into the storehouse and tithe, the word tithe literally means one-tenth of annual produce or earnings. Look it up on Google, you'll find that. One-tenth of annual produce or earnings. God says to bring the full tithe into the storehouse, the full tithe. Okay, so practically, if you make $100, you would tithe 10% of that, meaning you would tithe $10. And some people feel inclined to give more, and anything that is above that 10% would be then classified as an offering. 10% is, or tithe is 10% of your finances, and an offering is anything on top of it. Tithe is 10% of your finances, and an offering is anything on top of it. So if you give to a missionary, that is called an offering. If you give to our community center project, that is called an offering. When you give your 10% tithe of your income, that is your tithe. When you give 10% of your income, that's your tithe. So the typical interpretation of this in today's day and age is giving 10% of your income in the offering at the place where you're going to church. Okay, I know this is kind of practical information, not as spiritual, but practical. But when we do our offering time here at church, we believe in the importance of giving your 10% of your income during that time. And some people choose to do this every single week, and, and, but then some people take percent of their entire month's wages and tithe all of that 10% for the entire month on one day. And when you do this, you mark on your envelope tithes and offerings. Whatever that looks like for you, we believe in what God is asking us to do. Some people think sometimes it might be no problem to maybe withhold that 10%, and maybe give it to another place that might seem more in need or another person or whatever that looks like. But if I may just submit to you what I believe is the most accurate interpretation of this scripture. I believe that the 10% that we're talking about should go to the church, should only go to the church. And then anything that you want to give on top of that would be given separately. 
And I say this again, not because I'm looking to make sure that we make a bunch of money at our church. That's not my concern. And everyone who knows me well knows that I'm not concerned about finances and that I recognize that God is our ultimate provider. But what I am here to tell you is that we should understand what the Bible says and I'm trying to give you the best interpretation of that and I believe this is the best way to approach tithing. Okay, God is the provider of this church. Not me, not you. And that's why when it comes to tithes and offerings, we don't browbeat anyone. I simply give people the facts of what the Bible says and what God's word says and then allow you to make your decision on taking this leap of faith. And it is a leap of faith into the amazing faith journey of tithing and giving in offerings. Hannah and I tithe on our income because we believe in the importance of being obedient to God's word. And it's not as much about the money. It's really not. It's more about the heart. It's more about the heart behind that. And so for, for us, we literally take 10% of our income, we write out the check, okay? 10% of the income, write out the check. When I first started tithing years ago, I actually saw it as a burden. Years ago when I was in high school and whatever, I just saw it as a hassle because it was money that I'd rather keep, okay? No one wants to just throw money to the side. But I had to quickly recognize that when I tithed on my income to God, he took care of every financial detail. There were hard times financially here and there. Sure, those still happen. But we have to understand that God has faithfully supplied every one of our needs according to his riches and glory. Point number three is test God in tithing. This scripture that we just read literally says to put God to the test. You might take what I say and say, nope, not for me. And if you don't take my advice, you don't take my, my, what I believe what God's word is saying, you don't have to take it, but I'm guiding you in what I believe God's word says. But God's word says to test God by tithing. Test God in tithing and see how he pours out his blessings. You know, this is the only place in the word of God, in the Bible, that it says to test God in finances. It says to test God. He never says, hey, everyone, test me in sinning so that you might see if I might forgive you. Okay, no. That's not what it says. As Christians, we don't have to turn to sin any longer. We have been made free and blood-bought by Jesus Christ. God does say, though, to test him in the area of finances. Malachi 3, verses 8 through 9 says, Will man rob God, yet you are robbing me? You say, How have we robbed you? In your tithes and contributions. You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Now, this verse tells us that when they didn't give in our tithes and offerings, that we are robbing God. And so I surely don't want to rob God. However, I don't want to give out of a heart that's scared as if he's going to lightning bolt me to the ground if I don't put in my tithe on a Sunday morning. Okay? I give because it's an act of obedience when we do so. And I give because I want to have a cheerful heart in it, as the book of Philippians says. For example, when I was growing up, um, I didn't just listen to my dad because I knew that he was going to give me a whooping if I didn't listen to him. Okay. I listened to my dad because I love my dad and I desired to be a man of integrity. It wasn't out of fear. It wasn't, oh no, he's going to do whatever. It, it was out of a heart of obedience and love. I listened to my, did I listen to him every time? No, okay, I'm not perfect there. Got okay, but we do have to recognize that when I did listen, <laughs> it was out of a heart of obedience and love. And if you're doubting that you can make tithing work, if you're stretching enough financially as it is, this isn't my words, this is God's word, test him. You have bills like crazy and you can't give your 10%. God says to test him, okay? God says to test him. 
tithe anyway and watch how he provides. Will it be a stretch? Yep, sometimes it will. But God will always provide for you. And why do this? Why do this? Because first of all, we should be obedient to God's word about tithing. But second of all, as you do this, oh my, will you ever find the faith journey it will bring you on. It's a test of your obedience. It's a test of your trust in God. And any time that I have taken a leap of faith, and especially in the area of finances, such as the one I told you about at the beginning of my message, I have found it is an invigorating test of my faith, and most of the time, most all the time, a time of growth, a time of growth for me as an individual. Very briefly, I want to mention the story of the Israelites in the book of Exodus 16. They were in need. And they were in need of God to provide for them. The Israelites were without food for a given time. And they were getting upset at Moses because he had led them out of the captivity of the Egyptians. Now they're mad at him for doing that. But listen, remember, they had forced labor when they were under the Egyptians. They, their lives were difficult. But they were eventually freed from that life. And now they came to a spot where they were desperately in need of food. And they basically told Moses how awful he was for leading them out of the Egyptians' captivity. No, they completely forgot about how bad it was when they lived under their forced labor. They told Moses about it, and God heard them in their moment of distress. Exodus 16, 14 through 16, it said, and when the dew had gone up, there was on the face of the wilderness a fine flake-like thing, fine as frost on the ground. When the people of Israel saw it, they said to one another, what is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, it is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Gather of it, each one of you, as much as he can eat. You shall, take, you shall each take an omer according to the number of persons that each of you has in his tent. God had provided them with food. God had provided them with food and he took care of their need. And God said that every morning he would provide this bread. In other, in other translations, it's called manna. However, the people didn't trust that God would bring more and more every day because they had just been in a situation of need. And so they gathered up enough, some of them, for multiple days at a time. You know, the bread would come down, the manna would come down, it would fall down, and, and some people didn't listen to Moses' instruction. They went and gathered a ton of it. Okay? And when they did this, they found that the manna would actually go bad by morning and would be spoiled. But every morning... There was more manna that God provided for everyone to be fed in full. These people hadn't trusted God to provide like he said he would. Now some might say, wow, these people are just awful. I can't believe that they would do such a thing. That they just didn't trust God. But I would venture to say that some of us in this room, and myself included, have done the same thing because they recently came to a time... We're, because we recently came to a time maybe where things were difficult financially. But in this action, for these people, they didn't trust God. And even when times are tight financially, even when we're in over our heads, God is a faithful God, and He's always been faithful to provide. Exodus 16:21. morning by morning, they gathered it, each as much as he could eat. But when the sun grew hot, it melted. Again, at the end of the day, it was gone. But every single day, God provided again and again and again. These people received what they needed. God was their provider. I encourage you today that God is your provider. Kendra, would you come forward to the piano this morning? God is your provider. God is your provider. Would you stand as we close today as well? I'm going to ask that our deacons and wives would come forward this morning to pray.
Kendra's going to lead us in a little bit of worship as we close today. But my question for you is, there's a few questions I have. Number one, do you trust God with your finances? Okay, that's number one question. But then, are you living through a difficult time in your finances? Have you been praying maybe that God would do a miracle in your finances? And then, along with that thought, are you, are you having difficulty seeing God's provision? Are you having difficulty seeing God's provision? And you, maybe you feel like you need to take a leap of faith and trust God with your finances by even beginning to tithe. Or maybe it's trusting God in your finances by literally just getting out of that rut of doubt and saying, all right, God, I, I, I release all my, my work and whatever I've been doing. I need to give it all to you and trust you. My hands are off of my finances, Lord. My hands are off. I need your help. What does that look like for you today? The same God who provided manna for the people of Israel is the same God who can provide for your financial, spiritual, physical, and emotional need in this place today. Do you believe that? Someone say amen today. God is so good. He can provide for you. So I encourage you, turn to God as you process all that you're going through. Amongst the battle that you might be facing, you have a God who cares and a God who's there for you. It's a journey. It's a journey as we trust God with our lives and finances and every area of our lives, but it's a journey that's worth it. It's a journey that's worth it. And as we end today, if you'd like to receive prayer either from a deacon up front or you just want to kneel at the altar by yourself as you call out to God today, feel free to use this time to be encouraged in your walk with God, to grow in your walk with God. Let's take this leap of faith and trust God with our finances, our emotions, our spiritual life, our physical life, and every area of our lives. I also encourage you today, don't let anything hold you back from coming forward. If there's a need in your life that is different from what I mentioned, please, you're welcome to come forward. We want to take this time and come together as a church as we close out our time together today. Kendra, would you lead us in, in worship here? I pray, Lord, that we remember that everything we have comes from you. And Lord, if we are in need of a financial miracle today, I pray that we press in and press on in our prayers to you. And I pray, Lord, that we would grow in our relationship with you as a result of that experience. Lord, we need your help. We can't do this life without you. We can't do this life without you. God, I pray that as we go today, we'll be encouraged that all week long we would remember how you are our provider. And that when we come upon a difficult time financially this week, or we come upon a difficult time when whatever it is that we recognize you're the provider of not only our finances, but also you're the provider of our strength, you're the provider of our courage, so many other areas other than finances that you provide. And God, we thank you that you provide in those ways. We could not do this life without you. God, I pray as we go, you bless us, and I pray that each and every one of us in this church would leave taking seriously the command Jesus, that you gave us to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, help us to be attentive to those, to those around us this week. And Lord, help us to be disciple makers. Help us to show people Jesus, not just in the words we say, but in the life we live. And be encouraged to go out and reach people with the gospel of Jesus. God, we sit here, we stand here in this place asking for your empowerment to go asking for your empowerment to go. We pray this in Jesus' name, in the church said, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening this week. 
If this program has been a blessing to you, we hope you will reach out and connect with us online at our website at buysvilleag.org or connect with us on our social media platforms. On Facebook, it's Buysville Assembly of God or on Instagram, it's at Buysville AG. Have a wonderful week.